We would like to acknowledge the Gadigal peoples of the Eora Nation as the traditional custodians of the land on which we record this podcast and pay our respects to their elders past, present and future. Welcome to Sit With Us, the podcast. I'm Ella. And I'm Dom. And this is your invite to sit with us and chat about all things relationships, reality TV, pop culture and everything in between. Coming up. It would scare me, but not in like, you should be afraid of it. It would just scare me because I didn't know It was was. energy. And because it was energy there that you just didn't know. I just didn't understand like why this is happening. Plus, things get even spookier. That is a real friend. It's not getting on Instagram stories and tagging 10 people and being a (laughs) I've said my piece. (laughs) Hello. Welcome back. I feel like I saying welcome back and me recording in my own space mm, mm. is it feels like I'm home. You look like you've got a Balinese guest on today with you. Do you not? Am I? I look oh, like a Balinese. Babe, you you are bronzed to like the next level. You were giving me like total <laughs> just holiday vibes. I fit in right right well now. I look like Fully. genuinely. Like it looks like I've got melasma because my whole forehead got burnt the other day when we were on this boat trip and it was overcast and I fell asleep on the boat, woke oh, up and I was like, Oh, but the overcast weather is the worst. That's yeah. when you really can cause some damage, babe. Officially, welcome back to another episode, long distance, Bali, Sydney. Dom's in her hometown. She's back. On on land, <laughs> I'm I'm back on my home territory. I'm back in my shithole of an apartment that I'm trying to move out of. Which I cannot wait. Like guys, once I move out of this apartment, I cannot wait to just roast this apartment so badly because mm-hmm. I won't be in it anymore. And all of the drama and all of the shit that's happening in this apartment. Any real estate agents hit me up. I need to get accepted <laughs> into a place. Like I'm like. Please, God. Like, seeing as though today's episode is all about the freaky and the fabulous, I'm going to reach out to my angels out there to Mm -hmm. help me Mm -hmm. getting accepted into a place because we all know that the rental market is fucked. You've just been accepted into a new (sighs) rental, but maybe Melbourne's kinder. But also I had help. Like I know the guys who own the agency, the real estate agency. Yeah. So like I I got very lucky. Well, that's bloody nice, isn't it? It is nice. But look, we'll put the good feelers out there. Good vibes for this week. Yeah, all the angels and spirits in Bali, send them send them over back home to Sydney just, and help just Dom the get nice the pl- ones though, not the fucking the demons. No, there's no demons. They can't travel that far. Oh, well, I mean, look, they probably could travel that far, but we're not doing that. We're not doing that. Whatever happens in Bali with those jujus will stay right here in in Bali town. But I just think I'm too probably a bit too mental for the demons to actually come because I think they'll you look at me and go. Oh. Wow, she's fucked. See ya. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> oh, my God. Now, I have to tell you, babe, I have had basically like diarrhea every single day in Bali. Have you got a fucking parasite? Well, I don't feel nauseous. Like I don't feel sick or anything like that. But even like this, we ate a lot of chili last night for dinner though. And I feel like that's why I'm going oh, to the well, toilet that would have helped. Yeah. Because um, I was like, what can I do to just like, you know, help get, just cleanse the body. And I bought all these tablets and stuff from the barley chemist. The barley chemist. Like, that sounds good. And it was actually really expensive, but I bought like their version of electrolytes and like their spirulina and like just like some of their, their stuff because they know what to give travelers because it happens charcoal? all the time. Yeah. Charcoal activated charcoal tablets and you take 20 of them a day. 
Uh, sorry, who's got time for that? Please. 20. They're like these little things, but there's 20. She's like, take 20. I'm like, um, that's a lot of charcoal. Are you shitting black? That's what no, I want to know. No, I'm not. But to be honest, I'm not actually looking because I'm like, and where we're staying right now, you can't put toilet paper down the toilet. No. Babes, yeah, yeah. What do you mean? So you've got to bidet it? <laughs> no, there's just like a bin and then you flush. Nah, sorry. No. It's, it's, the, it's the life of living in Bali, babes. They don't have pipes like us at home. Is there a um, bidet? Yeah, oh, not, where, not where we are. I just have a shower. Hang on. So you're telling me you shit, you wipe, and you put that in the bin? Mm. Does the bin have a lid on it? Yeah, of course, babe. Oh. But this is like, I mean, obviously I was staying in like this fuck off villa for seven days. We're staying in this villa that's like two and a half grand a night with Lux Week. And now I'm in like, I'm in like real Bali. And that's what I love about coming to Bali is that you experience. experience. Yeah. Like it's their culture. And like, you know, last night we had a bit of a weird night. Like we both woke up at about 11 and... Renee was like, I can't sleep. And I was like, oh, babe, I'm wide awake too. And we were both just like, what is going on? And then we could hear all these bugs and we started wigging out. And then we closed all of these and we like barricaded ourselves like inside the bed. And Renee hates insects. So she was like, she she couldn't get back in the bed. She couldn't find the entrance because she closed it from the outside. And she's like, I can't get back in. I was like, babe, nothing is going to kill you. It's a mosquito. It's okay. (laughs) The mozzies are hectic there. I mean, look, just coming from Broome where the mozzies were hectic, like yeah, they had Aeroguard at every pub, every restaurant. There was Aeroguard there, and when so they're bites. giving you Aeroguard, you know, like yeah. shit's hectic. I literally have like seven mosquitoes on my left thigh, and it's the thigh that I sleep out of the doona. Oh yeah, that's hectic. And there's like seven all down my thigh, and they're really itchy. But I will say, this is probably like the best tan I've ever had. Well, I mean, you're looking radiant, and like I've got. An amazing tan for me, but like next to you, I look like I've not even seen sun. I don't even look Australian. Like I don't even look like I'm from Australia. <laughs> You've definitely got that Asian skin that tans very, very well. Like I'll say but that. But my lip. So this day that we went on this boat, so we got like this, I don't know, This we did a tour and we went out to like one of the islands where the water's crystal clear, but it's been wow. a bit stormy here, so it wasn't as good. But yeah. On the boat, we were all like lying out. It was like a catamaran kind of thing. And we all fell asleep because it was so soothing and relaxing. It was cloudy. And then, yeah, I woke up and I was like, oh, my forehead doesn't feel very good. And then my lip had split. Oh. It's from the sun. Yeah. Honestly, you think that you're going to get away with it when it's overcast, but it's Mm. the worst burn you'll ever get. I remember I was up north like in Foster somewhere near like Nelson's Bay in New South Wales and I remember it was overcast and I was just sitting reading my book, worst sunburn I've ever had. Mm. And like as much as you say, oh, I don't burn, like I'm really good, I call bullshit on that. Like I think it's just it, it gets but you. But my, my body didn't burn and my body didn't have the sunscreen on but my face did have the sunscreen on. It was so weird. What sunscreen were you wearing? On my face I just had my skincare sunscreen. Mm, maybe it's not as strong. Yeah, but my body had zero. So I don't know, but it looks like I've got like full-on pigmentation on my face. I don't know how I feel about sunscreen. <laughs> I love sunscreen. No, it's great, but, like, sometimes I think that if you don't find a good sunscreen that works for your skin, it clogs you. 
I've had that happen and it's like, because, you know, I get quite congested skin. So I need to be really careful because I get those little bumps and like texture. Blackheads. Mm, they're blackheads, but they're whiteheads, but they're under there and they don't ever really come to a head. It's, I think it's because it's like, well, because I get them too, like around here mm. on like my lower cheeks. So my skin's a little bit bad at the moment. Like my scars are really gone. They've gone a lot darker because of the sun, which is not great. And how are you going to get rid of that? Like what's the treatments that you can do? Well, I won't be able to do anything on my face for at least like three, four weeks because it's been in the sun. So you're not supposed to put any heat. Oh. No, like no corrective. What, not even an Omni? That's fine. That The LED is okay. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. But no laser treatments, like no laser genesis or anything like that because it will, it, my skin's impaired right now from the sun. Oh. Like it's weak at the moment. So if you were to put a heat treatment onto your skin, you would probably cause permanent damage. Jeez. Or get post-inflammatory pigment when they go white. Oh. Yeah, which is That's not hectic, a vibe. bro. Yeah. The best thing you can do for your skin right now is what? Hydration? Just hydration. What? Hydration. And like when I get home, it'll they'll, they'll go away. Like the darkness will fade. I think it's just because I'm in the, like this is not even, that's just a scar. That's literally not even anything. Yeah, wow. But anyway. So the best thing we can do for our skin like at any age is wear sunscreen of course, cleanse really well and then just make sure that your skin's hydrated because I think if your barrier is impaired, your skin is just not going to be happy and you're going to get flare-ups and, like, I know when I'm stressed, I get, like, dermatitis on my eyelids and I know it's, like, quite common. It is. Yeah, and it just happens, like, in the inner corner and it's really annoying and I've got to use steroid cream on it and I really don't like doing that, especially on my eyelids because the skin is really delicate around there. Babes, just get some, like, um, bapanthum or Vaseline. Yeah, I should do that. Yeah, but put some ba- the thick layer of bapanthum up there. That's so fun to use on that sort because of, it's for rashes. Yeah, and when I'm wearing, like, makeup a lot, that's when mm. I can kind of, I, you know, I can see it all and then it's, like, bumpy and shit, but, yeah. And also you've inspired me. I've now booked in for a lash lift, so. Oh, my God, I'm obsessed with them. Like, I'm, yeah. like, I. <laughs> I know. Like I'm I literally looked at Ella and I was like, okay, I'm I'm fucking booking in because this is like, just unfair. And she's a girl from our Sit With Us Facebook group. She oh, I went to her. I yeah. love that. Yeah, I went to oh her because she was saying, like, I can reassure you it'll be fine. Cause I had them I used to get it done all the time, but they used to always get fried and frizzled and bend yeah. the wrong way. And I've been like scarred from it because then you can't put mascara on if they're cooked, right? It makes it look worse. Yes. And so I went to this girl. I should get it up. Her Instagram is yes. What's her name? Four eleven underscore Melbourne. So yep. she does lash lifts. She does lash Botox and tints, which I've never heard of lash Botox before, but she did it and it was amazing. Hang on, lash Botox. Please tell me about this. Yeah. So she's. It's like a. It must be like a ingredient or a product that wow. makes them stronger. Yeah, and thicker. Wow. And she was saying that you know she went pretty subtle for my first go, but when I looked in the mirror, I was like, um. I love you. I'm coming back. I'm going to be a returning customer. And, yeah, the way that they've been, like usually if I'd get a lash lift, they would be frizzled after maybe two weeks. And it's been about two weeks now and they're perfect. 
Wow. So that's amazing. And are you using anything on them to like... I'm just using my eye envy. Like I'm still applying my eye envy because they've discontinued that product. So I'm just trying to use that very carefully because they don't have any more. They're not making it anymore. But there has been a few people also in the Facebook group saying that there's other products and they've been posting them. And once my eye envy is finished, I'll try something new. But I'm literally obsessed with the lash lift. Like it makes... It's just such a natural effect and like it opens your eyes a bit. And yeah, I'm obsessed. Absolutely obsessed. Yeah, I'm so excited to get mine done and get my brows done and then I'll finally be back to like some kind of normality for me. Yeah, and then you're back and then we get fully back into end of year preparations. We've got some cool ideas for the Christmas period that we're going to – figure out in the next few weeks. Yeah. So as you guys obviously know, I'm in Bali. I've been here for a while now. And I just want to say like, there is no hot guys here. There is none. And I was having this conversation. So I'm here with Renee. She's one of my only single friends left. (laughs) Yeah. And we're both, you know, we're single. We're having fun. There are no guys at all. What do you mean there are no guys? Is it just like they're all kind of not your type or is it just like, it's just not a vibe? Everyone is really young. We were at Motamaxicol the other night and we bumped into Sam Carrara, who's an old friend of mine, but you guys might know him from maths and whatever. Anyway, we're with him. He's like 35 and Renee and I are 28. And we were chatting to these. I was like, see, saw these three people dancing and I was like, how old are you guys? Because one of them had braces and I was oh, like, God. These, I was like, these guys look so young. And they were like, yeah, we're 17. And I was like, <gasps> 17 and in Bali? 17? Dude. I need to get out of here. I cannot be here because last time I came to Bali, I was what, like 24, 23 and obviously going to all those places. But now it's like, okay, I don't think I could be coming to the same places I was coming to four or five years ago. See, this is what scares the shit out of me. It's like that really makes you feel old when there's 17-year-olds in a club in Bali and <sighs> you're just like, oh, yeah. See, how do you meet people? This is the thing. Exactly. And like we're, we're like, okay, maybe we need to just go to nice restaurants, which we're doing, but then we need to Maybe just go to like the nice bars, not like the places, I don't know, where you go and get really fucked up. Like we're at Finn's Day Club or Beach Club or whatever. They were all a lot older, but just like, no. Do you think the older guys are like a bit seedy? Is that is that the thing? Like are the older ones seedy? Are the younger ones obviously way too young? Way too young. And, yeah, like there's just been no really great potential. And, I'm, guys, I'm not picky. Like I'm not always going for the hottest guy ever. I'm just looking for someone that's like intriguing or like strikes me. And there has been that one guy, but he didn't really speak English and he was really fucking lit. He's just, he's just gone with the wind, that one. He's just disappeared into Bali. When I was in Perth, actually, and I was on Raya, there was a few guys that came up that were in Bali and like a few of them kind of gave me that vibe of the guy that you were talking about. And I I was like, shit, I wonder if that was him, but you can't screenshot on Raya. Oh, okay. If anybody's listening and you have a connect at Raya, I would like to get on it. That's probably the only dating platform that I would actually go on. There's no potential and that's fine because, look, Renee and I came here to do a lot of spiritual healing. We're doing – on Friday, we've, like, booked this guy who a friend of ours has recommended and he, like, provides – the Bali sarongs and you go out into Ubud into the forest for the day and you do like a healing session and then you go to like a a waterfall and he provides like traditional Bali food and it's just going to be really grounding and really nice and I just want to be able to come home feeling very refreshed. I did a breath work 
session the other day because I was feeling really anxious. I had a bit of an episode in Bali. We were out for dinner at Yuki's, which is an amazing Japanese restaurant. But I think I've said it on the podcast before, I think, I never had anxiety before maths. And after the show, I have it now, I guess. Is that what you say? Like I have anxiety now. I guess it just triggered feelings or brought up emotions and ways of feeling that, you know, you've never had to deal with before. And that's the whole thing with anxiety because, you know, we all have anxiety. It's It just depends on what level you have your anxiety, right? So for me, you know, I've had anxiety for many, many years. So when it happens, I know how to deal or cope with it better, right? But when it hits you, you're like, holy shit, holy shit. But doing things like the breath work, you know, that is incredible because that teaches you when you're feeling those ways how to handle those emotions. Because the thing with anxiety is that it manifests itself and it shows up in physical ways. So you get sweaty, you you start feeling nauseous, your heart beats really fast and you're like, holy shit, what's happening to me? Yeah. Like I'm aware of it now because it's happened like five times. That was the fifth time, I think. And you know, I didn't think that I was feeling anxious on the trip so far when it happened, but I was sitting, we'd just finished dinner. I'd had about half of a cocktail and it's only ever happened to me when I've had not even a full drink. It's never happened to me on a sober time. And I was sitting there and then I just like looked at the girls and I was like, I'm just going to go to the bathroom. I know what's coming. And then, yeah, like I lose my vision. I lose my hearing. It feels like muffled in my ears. And then like I got covered in sweat and I just remembered to just close my eyes. I mean, in in control in my mind, I'm in control up in here. And like I just sat in the bathroom on the floor because it was so hot. I had to lie on the tiles. And I was just saying to myself, like, yeah, just breathe. It's going to pass. It will pass. Like, you're fine. You're not going to die. Like, you're okay. And then it passed. And, like, I got back up and was like, what the hell just happened again? Like, It's so hectic, hey, how it comes in a wave. And that's what I always remember. Like, it goes up and it's always going to reach a peak and it's always going to come down. So no matter what, you know that that, that feeling is going to pass. It was and- so weird. And then, but then it, it came back about five minutes later again. We're in the car when we, we left because I was like, I think I'm just going to go to the villa and the girls were like, yeah. we'll go. And then when I was walking to the car, it's like I know I need to sit down because if I just stayed standing, I would actually fall because I wouldn't really? be able to- yeah, like my whole body goes like weird. Like I can't actually hold myself up. I have to lie down. And so then, yeah, it's like lie in the car on the whole drive home, like on the cold leather. And I was mm. just like, wow, this I haven't had two rounds yeah. of it in that. Like I hadn't had that before. It was so weird, but I haven't had it again since. And as soon as I was with Renee, like we had drinks the other night and I was just like, you know, happy and excited and like different environment. Different environments. And yeah, you and I, we spoke about this and being in certain environments that might trigger you in ways you never even thought could trigger you, but then they do. It's, It's so crazy, right? When you're like in new situations and you never thought, you know, you think you're fine, whatever, and then it just happens. And, you know, that happens to me a lot too when you're in certain, you know, different situations and then all of a sudden you just start having like a panic attack or an anxiety attack. When I'm in new situations, like especially when I'm traveling, I always like to control certain situations when I'm traveling because I know that I could like lose it like that. So I try not to drink too much coffee because I don't want to have an anxiety attack, but I always carry my Vicks. And I know I've spoken about this on on the podcast before, but it's a smell that kind of wakes me up, but 
takes my mind off things. So that's my biggest advice. I think if you can have a certain smell or a sensation, like whether that be maybe like a, I don't know, some people use like a like a hair comb and they kind of like press on it and it just takes the way the feeling of the anxiety in their head. Or for me, it's a smell. So for me, it's the Vic smell and that just really calms me and like the sensation of the warmth on my mm. skin. I put it on my skin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it sounds weird, but then it actually makes so much sense. Like it, it really no, it does. Yeah, 100% because it's like a comforting thing and like when you're yes. in that weak state of mind, you want to be able to have easy access to something that can settle your like exactly. whatever your sense, sensory nerve endings and stuff. And like I it's, have a VIX everywhere. I've got a VIX in my car. I've always mm. got a VIX in my bag. And it's just a thing I carry around with me and it's something that over the years I've found works for me. And so, Mm. babe, all it comes down to is finding what works for you. And I think now that you've, you know, it's happened to you a few times, you know what you need to do. You know you need to just remove yourself from the situation, breathe, calm, and just – you know, and I'd really love to hear from you guys in the Facebook group what you do and what's your, what your calming like, natural remedies are. Yeah, what's your thing that you carry around? Like for me, it's Vix. Ella hasn't found her thing yet, but yeah. you know, maybe she will. New to the game. Yeah, <laughs> she's new, new to the anxiety. <laughs> new to the anxiety game. Cheers, <laughs> reality TV. Yeah. Cheers, yeah. fucking uh, shitstorm of a life that we've brought ourselves into. I mean, the last the last few days, I've been a lot more anxious and depressed, just specifically being a lot more like all of a sudden depressed. And and I know like obviously as someone that suffers from anxiety and depression, of course those heightened levels of of stress will trigger the depression again. When I say depression, it literally just comes down to, I guess, not wanting to be in big crowds. It means like just crying for nothing. And it's totally fine. Like I've dealt with it for many, many years. It's it's an uncomfortable situation and it's not something I want to feel, but I know it's going to pass. So for me, it's like, uh, whatever, like just feel the emotions, Domenica. Know that, you know, you are loved. I guess just some of the things that have been said over the last week have made me doubt myself. And I hate that. I think the worst part of the online bullying is the self-doubt that comes with it. Yeah. It's been honestly a fucking weird few days. It's not letting up either, which is weird, oh, really? bro. Like it's not uh-huh. letting up either. And and I've chosen to be off social media for a few days and it's actually been great. So it's still going. Yeah, I've not posted anything. I'm not looking in my DMs, you know, and I said in the Facebook group as well that I was going to be a little bit silent and maybe if I didn't reply to things. Um, Mm. And it's been good, you know. I think just not posting anything, being a bit MIA has been great for my mental health, you know, just being back home, being with Millie. Well, I think because as well, like if it's all still going, I think it's good when everybody else is talking about you in this situation, you know, there's shit everywhere right now, right? There's everyone's saying this and that and whatever. But I think it's good when you just remove yourself from the platform for a while. So you're not, your presence is gone. And it's like, for me, I just think that they just want to fucking, they just want you to retaliate. They want you to have a say and come back. And it's the best way is to just silence. Yeah, I know. And, and totally like, I completely get that and I respect that. But my, my thing in my head is, yeah, they're saying all of these things to get a reaction out of me, but it doesn't make it right what they're doing. That's why of I'm like, not. that's why I just can't sit back and just be like, hang on, like just let, let them go. For me though, babe, I think the, the most difficult thing for me 
people can relate to this in so many different ways because, you know, whether it's in their friendship group or in their families, but when you're succeeding, there's people that are going to tear you down or say of that course. that your success is adding to their pain or something. And that's something that I've really struggled with in the last week is this whole narrative that my success and doing, you know, the maths catch-up show and all of this stuff that, I, that I'm doing is adding to bullying or whatever towards a certain person. And I cannot understand that and that's what's really gotten to me over the last week because I don't know how my success and my being given the opportunity to do really cool things and people have to bring themselves into saying that that's added to their bullying or that's just something I really don't understand. And by the time that this episode goes to air, so the Daily Telegraph actually reach out to me. I didn't tell you this yet. They, they reached out to me on the other day and I, I was off social media. I was It was after the whole fucking shitstorm. You were in Bali. I was like, I'm not like bringing this up. Anyway, so they reached out to me and they wanted to do, like, I don't know what the article. I don't know what the Daily Telegraph is. In Melbourne, it's different. So it's the Telegraph. So it's like a major paper in New South okay. Wales. Um. Anyway, so she reached out to me. She's going to send me the article actually. So because today's Sunday that we're recording this and it's going to be going live tomorrow actually. But she wanted to reach out and wanted to ask me the question specifically, how my success and getting opportunities is now being torn to shreds by people that haven't been given those certain opportunities and what that tall poppy syndrome is doing for my mental health. And I thought, you know what, I wasn't going to reply, but then I thought to myself, you know what, it's actually a good opportunity to get my fucking side out there and to say, this isn't just specifically got to do with me and my opportunity. I want to talk about how this happens to everyday people. 100%. It's it's a real issue. It's a real issue in Mm. everyday life because I get girls messaging me, you know, about how it's happening in their friendship group and how it's happening in their workplace. And and here I am just trying to do my own thing and I'm just just trying to live your life. Given the opportunity to do Dom's debrief, which is a fucking cool thing. So cool. People are just inadvertently including themselves in how that's going against them and making them – feel excluded I don't get or some it, bullshit. I just don't get it. I just don't understand the world that we live understand. in. Like I, I don't, don't get understand. how my success is doing anything to you. Like apologies for that, but that's that's nothing I can handle. It shouldn't like, have anything to do with them. It should it doesn't have anything to do with them though. It doesn't. You're just doing your thing. You're just you've been offered amazing opportunities that are fun and you want to do them. So why should you not do something that you want to do? It has nothing to do with them. The way that they are feeling and the way that they are reacting is all just, again, a reflection of themselves. They're perceiving you taking a positive opportunity in a bad way towards them when that is not the case, but that's up to them. If they want to take it that way, that's their own issue. That's a reflection clearly, again, on themselves. Completely. And this happens in so many scenarios day to day in just everyday life, right? Yeah. And this is just a highlighted version because it's happening in with a situation that many people are involved in and many people want to know about because we were on a reality TV show. So people are interested in the drama, right? And, you know, Abby Chatfield entered the chat, if we yes. can say. <laughs> and I thought it was really amazing that she did because from an outsider, having been on a reality TV show and then kind of seeing it from an outsider's perspective, I thought was really like a fresh 
take on things. But we know how that panned out because people just came for her too. And it's just like, wow, man. It was just so hectic that I just had to switch off from social media, turn away. It's now reached the level of a person saying that their mean girl behaviour, they're going to take the mean girl tag and go with Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. So they're just going to ride the mean girl thing. Yeah, I know. And it's like, when are people going to grow up? Like at what point in time are they going to sit there and be like, you know what, I'm actually tired of being this way. Isn't it exhausting? Well, from a certain person saying that they want to be tagged as a mean girl now and that shows that they're real. Oh, oh yeah. was that, does that, oh, okay, I didn't know. Yeah. They want to be tagged as the mean girl. Yes. Which okay. I find quite disturbing actually um, because a certain person also went on the four-hour drunken rant about me, which is totally fine. Like, I mean, if you want to do that, that's cool. I don't think that was thought out at all and probably will be regretted in a period of time. Mm-hmm. Come on. Like, I just mm-hmm. mean. Surely at some at some stage, like. Nothing good has ever come out of a drunk rant. No. I mean, exhibit A is the phone call that we both received on those nights, right? Yeah. And, and, I mean, I think a lot of people listening would also have similar experiences with drunken nights Girls, that have happened. boys calling you, prank calling you, talking shit about you, spreading rumours about you. 100%. Like- it's, when, it's when people lose all their inhibition and they lose that mm. filter, right? And sometimes a filter isn't a bad thing to have. Let's just yeah. let, let's get this straight, guys, all right? Mm. Let's talk about mm-hmm. let's get freaky and talk about filters. Yeah. Because there's nothing wrong about having a filter. You can be unfiltered and still have a fucking heart and a soul, all right? Correct, yeah. You, you can have a filter and not be an asshole. Let's just yeah. remember that. <laughs> yeah, you can. It's just so baffling to me. Like- it baffles me how people hide behind the guise of, I have no filter, I just speak my mind. Don't even come into that category, bro. Like I just, it's so weird. But mm, it's I think toxic as fuck, man. It's toxic as fuck, but it's so it's- relevant because people in everyday life are dealing with this shit. It happens in regular workplaces. It happens in friendship groups because I think now as we get older, you have so many different friendship groups. Like I've got my friendship group that I've known for 20 years and then I've got friends that I've made at the dog park. Then I've got these friends that I've made through, you know, the media world or, Mm. you know, and then I've got my Mm -hmm. maths friends. So yeah, all of those different friendship groups, they don't necessarily intertwine, but when they do, sometimes there can be dramas that happen. So Yeah, definitely. And that's only in my life. So I can only imagine how it happens in in Yeah. All our listeners' lives. Yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to touch on that because we are talking about the weird and wonderful freaky world that we live in and I think that's just part of it. Yeah, it's, it's all We're part of it. We're getting freaky and, I, I mean, this week got freaky. This week got freaky. As fuck and I felt like there was some ghosts that appeared and some demons. I had some demons of my own that I had to deal with this week and they weren't even real ghosts that were just haunting me. They were just haunting me from my past, I guess, and some feelings of not good enough, you know. When you're being told like that you've got no friends, that 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 really hit me. Wait, what? That was said that 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 what? was said, yeah. Oh. That I have no friends. I've got no real friends. And I know and I don't believe it and I know that's not true, <laughs> but it doesn't matter. Oh, like when God. someone's saying that to you, that fucking hurts, man. Like words can hurt you. What kind of comment even is that to make? In the real world, 
where we are today. This certain person doesn't actually know what you do or who you hang out with or just like we don't know about her. So she's actually not in the position to even be saying those sorts of things because she doesn't know you. She knew you for three months or whatever inside the experiment, but she doesn't know who you are and what you do in your own private time every single day of your life right now. Like you can't say that about someone that they have no friends. You shouldn't say that about anybody. I'm sorry, but are you 16 again? It gets me wound up. I fucking hate this shit. I don't have time for this shit. I don't like to get involved because it makes me angry too. Yeah, and you I know, know, I made a story about it. People were sending me record screen recordings of this person's story. She even used you being like the only friend that Dom has isn't even coming to her defense. That's she actually said that Ella isn't even defending her. And I go, okay, love. Anyway, you've clearly got no idea why apparently only friend, Ella, doesn't need to come on social media and be a staunch bitch, right? Because my friend Ella supports (laughs) me in the real way that I need support and that is by mental support and being there and checking in on me, right? My friend Ella, okay, everyone, my friend (laughs) doesn't need to go on a story and tag me and and have three and a half wines and be shit-faced to come and defend me, okay? My friend Ella does what a real friend should do and is there for me when I need her. And that is every day checking in on me. Babe, how are you? How are you today? Have you eaten today? Have you, are you taking care of yourself? That is a real friend. It's not getting on Instagram stories and tagging 10 people and being a cunt. (laughs) I've said my piece. (laughs) So yeah, I don't bother getting into it because it makes me angry as it is. And I, Like I've said it in the Facebook group, guys, it's below me. It's not worth my precious time and energy to let – she's a random to me now. I don't know her. I don't care. The people who I care about and who I actually care knows the truth. So I'm not going to – I don't need to defend myself because, you know, all these other people who I don't know who follow her and whatever, I don't know them. And if they believe what she's saying, that's fine by me because I don't actually know them. The people that I care about, are they the ones I care that know the truth and they all know the truth. So the rest is just gibberish and word vomit and fucking this and that and bit of this and that. And that's basically what I said on my Instagram story. It's just a bit of this and bit of that and I don't really know where it's going and it's a dark hole that – you know, this certain person is just lost in. We just need to stop. And it's actually quite sad. Like really at the end of the day, Mm. as much as things have been said and all of that, I actually really do have a lot of sympathy for for that person and I and I really want it to be over. Like as much as people think, oh, we're frothing on the drama, frothing on the all that. Mate, I literally would want nothing more than all this to be over. And we've said it constantly that we can't wait for the new series to come out so we can be irrelevant, as people like to say. Seriously, get the new fucking maths on now. Like, let's just move on. We just want it to be over. Like, the drama that constantly rears its ugly head, it's like a shit that can't come out of your asshole and it's trying to come out. It's, it's stuck. stuck. It's halfway and then it gets sucked back in and then it comes back out of it and it's fucking exactly. get it's out. Do- <laughs> it's doing a trampoline on your underpants, I tell you what. Let's get to the real freaky shit. And you are in Bali now and you were just telling me before that you were going to go and see some like witch doctor or some <laughs> shit, man, and I'm excited. Please tell so me. We're, so we're seeing, uh, I'm not going to say it's a, I'm scared to even like say the word witch. Um, 
Babe. <laughs> <laughs> Only because we had a really creepy night here in the villa. And anyway, and there's like a lot of juju stuff that goes on in Bali. You know, they're Buddhist here and, you know, they're spiritual and the way that they actually – so like when someone passes away here, like in their family and in their yeah. culture, I remember one of my drivers five years ago, five years ago last time was telling me his name was Goody. And, I mean, I feel like some other cultures might do this. I think maybe um, Jewish people do it. I'm not quite sure. It's like where you reserve the body for five days. They don't get cremated and you don't bury them and you reserve and you like visit the body and you like be with the body while it's- Oh, wow, for five days. Yeah. Hectic, bro. It's a pretty like confronting experience, but it's their way of sending them off. And saying goodbye. Um, I get that. Yeah. Because in Muslim cultures, they bury them within 24 hours, so it's a completely different thing there. Yeah, it is amazing though. So you're going to see this um, guy? Healer, this healer. Yeah, we're seeing okay. a healer. So we're calling him a healer, not a witch doctor. He's not a witch. He's a healer. He's like a spiritual god. But is he going to use any like, you know, chicken blood or anything on you to like? Who knows? Is there any of this weird shit? Because I love that. I don't, yeah, I, I mean, really I hope that there too. is and I hope you film it. It's like a full day. So he'll pick us up at like 9 a.m. and then he'll drive us out to Ubud, which is about an hour and a half away. Wow. And we wear, we wear like traditional Balinese like sarongs that he provides. Yep. And then we'll do like I think, I don't know how many hours it will be, but it's like a healing session on both of us, me and Renee. And then we're also going to see a psychic as well while we're out oh, here. I love this. I know I've never seen a psychic and I'm like, I need to see a psychic. You need to. I need to. to go and do it. I'm going to go and do it. I think that you should see a psychic first rather than a clairvoyant because a clairvoyant isn't so much like prediction of the future, more so like being in touch with the dead. So I feel like for you, you should see a psychic first. And I think then- a psychic more than a clairvoyant. Okay, I think so, so I need too. a good psychic. I need a good Sydney psychic. Yeah, do it. And look, like whether you guys believe in it or you don't, like that's your choice, whether it's placebo or, you know, sometimes when you see a psychic and they put these ideas in your head, it helps you manifest it. Because if you're listening to what they're saying, you actually believe what they're saying and you want that to happen, that contributes mm. to manifesting. That's what manifesting is. Exactly. So it is just a way to help you visualize and create what they're saying. If someone's saying, oh, my God, like your dream man is going to come in January, you're like, oh, my God, I can't wait. And then you start putting positive energy towards that feeling, which is what manifesting is. Like when you're imagining a situation, whatever it is, whether it's you getting a job or like anything at all. But for me, it's like meeting my man. I like imagine meeting this person and it makes me feel like I'm on cloud nine. And when you imagine having that thing already in the way that it makes you feel, that's what manifesting is. You are imagining that you already have it, whether it's a piece of jewelry, anything that you want in life, traveling the world or going to a certain show and you're imagining the feeling of already having it, that it already exists because your brain and your body can't actually differentiate whether you have it or not really. So when you're manifesting, you're imagining the feeling of already having whatever it is because your being doesn't actually know whether you have it or not, right? Wow. And so then when you're putting yourself in this like dream situation of I already have this guy and he makes me feel this, like you're putting that energy out in the world, it manifests itself. So like when people say, you know, I dreamt about this situation happening and then six months later it happened. You have to be open to it. Hey, you've got to really put yourself out there. Like you can't be like, I'm going to meet my dream man, but never go out. 
Like no, that's not going to happen, is it? It's more like when you're manifesting, you can't be doing it of a from a place of resistance or lack of. So, which is where I really struggle for me. So, let's just say I example a man, mm. okay, the yeah. dream man. So, I imagine me meeting an amazing man happily ever after, all that love. But most of the time, for me, it's coming from a place of lack, and that means I wish I had this or. All I want oh. is this. And that's coming from a place of not having and not believing. And we can't do that. Yeah. If you're manifesting and you're coming from even the slightest, littlest place of resistance, you're going to keep attracting the fuck boys in my case. You're going to keep attracting what you don't want. If you're asking for it in a place of lack, you're going to keep receiving what you don't want. Wow. So it's hard work. Like it's it's hard to manifest. It, it's it's not easy. Like as soon as you have a thought where it's like, oh, I just want, and on this trip, Renee and I, you know, it's all we freaking talk about is like meeting our dream man. Oh my God, what did we meet him in Bali? And then next minute we're like, oh, we just want to meet a great guy. That's not helping. Okay. All right. And as soon as you like acknowledge that negative train of thought, whether it's, I just want this job oh, I just wish this. It's like, okay, well, that's, you can't be wishing and hoping from it, from that kind of place. That makes so much sense, honestly. It really, it really, really does. And I think it's such a beautiful and powerful thing to accept that as well and be like, hang on, I need to really flip my thinking here because, yeah, look, if you're sitting around being like, oh, far out, I just really wish that I could, I don't know, have something, you're not actually working towards it, are you? People think manifesting is, I just want to be a billionaire. I'm going to go to sleep and wake up a billionaire. No, nah. bitch. you got to work hard for it. You've actually got to make it happen. So yes. like you said, you know, I want to meet a guy. You can't sit at home and meet a guy. You do have to make, you have to create it. You have to put yourself out there and make it come toward you more and attract exactly. it like, more. If you're sitting at home and you're thinking, oh, my God, like I just really want to sp- have, you know, share my life with someone. I want to meet someone. But if you're not actively putting yourself out there, like if you're not actively going out, you know, going up to guys at bars or going up to guys at the dog park or in the supermarket, it's not going to come towards you. Like you can't just manifest and be like, oh, a hot guy is just going to rock up at my door one day and deliver me a package and he's going to be my fucking man. Like that shit's not going to happen. Like maybe your Australia postman, maybe he might be hot. Maybe he He might might be, you know. But realistically, if you aren't putting yourself out there and if you're not actively making those moves like, oh, my God, in the next three months I want to lose five kilos, you're not going to make that happen by not waking up in the morning, going on work. Like you need to put in the work. it does not happen. You have to. And that's like, you know, if people want have a dream job, if people have a dream job and – you know, I was reading a book about this the other day and it's like this guy wanted this main role of this character. He's an actor and he wanted this main yeah. role and he kept auditioning for it and he kept getting knocked down. In that process of waiting to land that role, he yeah. was getting offered all these other roles and other plays, all these other things, oh. and he was declining all of them because he didn't want that. He wanted that one role. He didn't want to settle. He was like, you know what? No, I deserve that role. I'm going to keep going for it. And he ended up getting it. So there's like this thing of do you just settle for something that's almost as good as what you want? Do you just settle or do you keep working really hard for it? 
see, I hear that story, but then on the other hand, I'm like, well, hang on, he's saying no to all of these other experiences, but what if he doesn't know that those experiences actually would make him as happy as what he thinks that other thing would make him happy? Because then there's like, it's that there's that saying of, well, you just settle for the next best thing. And if you really believe that you're deserving of the best thing and you want something really bad, then you keep working for it. It's like breaking the pattern of settling. And like, it's like for me, all these tests get thrown at me with men. Like, and I'm so aware of it because <laughs> I love a test universe. Thank you so much for throwing all these fuck boys at me. Yeah. And I'm not breaking <laughs> the pattern. And, you know, the reason why I, I mean, this is a hard truth coming on my end. Mm. Um, I know the reason why I've been single for 11 years. And the only pattern, the thing that is, not changing, the pattern is myself. Like I am the reason that I've been single for 11 years because I go for the same men, I allow fuckboys to come in and I am I am the reason. It's me. Like it's a reflection of me. I Yes, I'm a great person and I'm a great girl and I have so much to offer and all the amazing things in a relationship, but I am letting in continuously the wrong kind. And then I get thrown a guy that is all the things that I've ever asked for. He's kind. He's genuine. He's all in. Like he's putting his heart on the line. He's besotted by me. But then I don't want it. And it's like, well, I need to change the pattern. I'm used to chasing the men, right? And then I have a guy that's chasing me and I'm like, ew, no, bitch, grow the fuck up. Yeah. Give this guy a chance. Stop going for the men who you're chasing. So I have to change the pattern. And I know that. And it's hard work. Like I'm so aware of it. But the first step is being aware and acknowledging, babe. So you've that's the hardest step, I personally think, because if you just went in in life and just was like, mm, I'm not the problem. The problem is not me. I'm not the problem. That's, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Acknowledging yeah, yeah. it. Mm. And Taylor Swift actually just came out with a new song. I forget what the fucking name of it is, but she says, the problem is me. Hi, it's me. The problem is me. It's going to become a new TikTok trend. So stay tuned for that. I'm, t- well, I'm, maybe, just, I'm maybe I should make that TikTok hey, because it's me. The problem is me. But you fucking oath, I know the problem is me with a lot of things too because I can either get too into a guy and that scares him off or I keep giving him the signs too much that I'm into him when I'm actually not because I don't have the courage to say, hey, it's just not working. So I know what my fucking issues are too. Yeah. I know. Yeah, we're so, all yeah, cooked. We're, we're all, all cooked. we're changing the game, but we're we're self-aware, guys, and that's the first step is being self-aware yeah. of what you know, why does this keep happening to me? Why does this keep happening to me? Well, take a good hard look internally, write it down and realise what the issue is and stop it. And stick that shit up on your fucking mirror. Like I should put right in lipstick, hi, it's me, the problem is me, and maybe that'll fix it. I mean, it's in my journal flat stick for so many years. I'm like, it's me. I'm like, I keep letting these guys do this and do that. It's me. It's a hard truth and it's confronting and it's, yeah, you're like, wow. Well, I'm keen to see what this witch doctor man healer is going to say to you about this. Because I tell the you witch what, doctor man. do you know what? Maybe I should just be like, fuck it this week and try and find a psychic because Go it is Halloween. Psychic. I'm going to just try see and see psychic. one. I, actually, I'm going to put it out to there to the universe. I'm going to, I want to go and see a psychic. So I hope Google can hear me and it starts throwing me ads. Yeah. I want to go and see a psychic. <laughs> Google, are you listening? 
Siri, and Siri, you're listening. And no, because the weird thing is, I don't actually. When I moved into this apartment, yes, it is like an ex crack den, and I will go into that at a later stage when I move out mm. of here. Mm. Um, I don't think that there's any bad energy in this apartment, and I've never felt no. scared like there's been like a bad energy or um, a ghost. No, because I I'm had that I'm yours. very attuned to it and I have been in places that are haunted and I know for a certain fact and I'll tell you the scary story. I'm just going to tell a scary story right now, okay? So where my parents live in Austral, the house that they live in behind that whole street is owned by like my family, like my my mum's uncles, right? Anyway, so my mum's uncle and auntie owned one house and on that property was an older house, like from probably like the 40s, right? And in that house once lived this old you know, there was a family that lived in there and I think it was like two families, right? And then there was like smaller children that lived in there. And the story goes that one day there was a man who was the uncle and the niece and this man, trigger warning, he raped her in this house. So she then took it into her own hands and killed him. She shot him in this house. So there was a murder that happened in this house. Now, it has been known that everyone that lives in this house ever since knows that there is this, that he's still in this house, this man. And his presence is always in this house. I've only been in this house twice. I didn't know the story at the time that someone was killed in this house. When I was in there, I was standing in this doorway and I just felt like this energy mm, and like this air energy. behind my neck. And I was like, Mum, I don't like it in here. I, I want to leave. Mum, I just want to leave. And she was like, yeah, okay. Like, And then I didn't know anything about this story until I left and my mum told me about that someone had been killed in this house. Everyone that has lived in that house has either seen this man and it's like a man, a tall man dressed in like a hat. They've seen him and he's in there. But his ghost probably is stuck there, let's well, be honest. Well, that happens. Because like, he doesn't want to leave. He didn't want to leave. Yeah. So, okay, we're going to we're gonna share some stories, guys, on this Halloween episode, Freaky, Freaky, Freaky. We're getting uh, freaky. We're getting a bit freaky. I'm a bit, I'm, I'm a bit fucking scared to talk about it. But I'm talking. Do, you anyway. need some, do you need something? Like what, what's there that can, uh, that can protect you? Like I'm being serious. Like go, what is there that can protect you from ghosts? It, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. But it, what, what is there to protect you though? Because Well, I can buy some stuff. They've got like they ha- every day they light their little, um, they've got like these little box things that they put on every street and they light incense and there's flowers in there and they say prayers. So like there's always protection around the yeah. town and around the streets. Also, I just want to say, because I always said to Ella I wanted to do a Ouija board, but she's like, fuck no, mm. cunt. Like we're never doing that. No. But. Anyway, my mum was telling me when we are in Perth, right, a, a story about she did a Ouija board with her cousins like back in like the late 70s, early 80s, and she was saying that they spoke to one of their great ancestors and he told them that she was going to marry a John. My mum's a bit sceptical even though she's had a full-on ghost experience, my mum, like fully yeah. in Canada. Mm. But And they also said that my Uncle Frank was going to marry an Annette and he did marry a woman named Annette. That was what we used to do as kids. Like, I know it sounds really fucked up. I don't even know why we did. But when we were about 15, 16, there was a group of us, about four four girls, four or five girls, and we used to go in St Kilda near Grey Street where all the prostitutes are. They smoke meth on the corners. A lot of people have died there. It's the roughest area in Melbourne, okay? It's not safe. It's not safe. Don't let your kids go there. Um, but <laughs> don't, we hung don't, out let, there. don't let your kids go there. But hang on, Ella and three of her mates were there doing Ouija boards on a fucking Saturday. Yeah. Arvo comes. On a Saturday, <laughs> Arvo, like, we used to 
to sit amongst the streets it. where there's abandoned houses, <laughs> there's, you know, prostitutes everywhere and drug dealers Fuck. and pimps and it's all that kind of stuff. And we were kids. We were, we were so young and our parents didn't know what we were getting up to. They know now. Um, <laughs> they know now. Yeah. Sorry, Mum. And we we used to make our own Ouija boards, which that goes against all rules. That's the worst thing you can do, babies. You to are make not one. meant to make. You're not meant to make your own Ouija board. So we Googled it and we made our own oh. Ouija board. And if you Google it, it tells you don't do that, by the way. Yes. Just saying. If you make your own Ouija board, basically <laughs> that is the only way to attract the bad, the bad side of yeah, the other you'll side. Get, you're fully getting the fucking bad. Yeah. You're yeah. asking for the wrong kind of spirits to come knocking. Um, Shit. But when we have, when we did, let's we'll talk about the positive week, the real Ouija board experience. Yeah, so, yeah, let's do that first. Yep. Yeah, so we had a couple of girls and we had one of the girls come in from Bendigo, which is about a three hour drive from Ooh. Melbourne, like from where we yep. were. So we had a girlfriend, she drove in. So, you know, you breathe, you breathe onto the crystal plate oh, that fuck. sits in the middle of the board. So it has a bit of your DNA on it. And you say a prayer before, it's pretty long. Um, and then, you know, you're all hovering your finger over the crystal ball and it's sitting on the middle of the board and there's letters, there's words, there's earth, there's fire, there's air, there's heaps of symbols and representations and everything's on the board. And then you'll say, you know, a prayer and then you'll say, you know, let me know if you are here, show me a sign. Usually there will be a sign. And what was your sign? I'm so keen. Like what was the sign? they communicate to you through the board and we would always check everyone's finger, no one's holding the glass, no one's pushing the glass, you're just hovering over the glass and it communicates with you through the board. So all of our fingers are hovering over the glass and it's moving and it's spelling out words. Get fucked. Are you, you, you're not, no bullshit. 100% throughout my life, you can't lie about this shit, otherwise it will come creeping on me. And when we were communicating with one on the Ouija board, this spirit had actually followed our friend from Bendigo and was a spirit from Bendigo and came with her. And then we were like, he knew her from high school. He grew up with her. And then she knew exactly who it was. And we asked them to make, like, show us where you are. And then he said that he was standing behind her at the balcony door. And she was- Get sta- fucked. She was right in front of the balcony door. Like, we were sitting around a table. And she was the only one that was in front of the door. And then, so he was at the door. And then we said, okay, now we know where you are. Make a sound. And then, I kid you not. No. Throughout my life. The back corner of the room on the roof, it just went bang, like bang. Nah. Like nah. bang. Fuck that. And we were all, like, you, you, you're shaking. You're like this. <laughs> like you're like freaking out. You're like, did you okay. ask him if he was a bad ghost or a bad yeah, spirit? Yeah, no, they're, they're not. They're only bad. Okay, so you know that they're bad basically if the crystal floater if it, that's it's flown off the board for us a few times when you start communicating and it just goes like off like gone that's when they don't want to they're like fuck off you've not you've knocked on the wrong door it's flown off the board for us a few times we spoke to young girls in the area that had committed suicide um like drug overdose because it was a highly like a lot of people od'd in the area all the time so like young girls that we spoke to and they would spell out their names as well and like tell us their age and when they died and then there was a time, the, the last time, I'll, I'll tell you the last time I ever did a Ouija board because it, it I, I was like, I'm drawing the line here. Is that now um, why you no longer will do a Ouija board? Is it because of that experience? Yeah. And I was young. I was, I think I was about 18. We were living in Canaan. So my family and I, we used to live in this beautiful mansion in Brighton in Canaan Street. We moved out of this home about 10 years ago. You know, there was an underground dungeon. There was like a bomb shelter in the home. Like there Fuck was that. ghosts in the house. Yeah, there was ghosts in the house that used to torment 
everybody all the time. I'm very sens- uh, sensitive and like receptive mm. to energy and I just know, like even in one of my old salons, I just knew I'd look down the hallway and be like, there's something here. So I'd wear crystals in my bra to work. And in this house, we decided to do a Ouija board on the rooftop. And this rooftop oh. is like, it's like the roof was mirrors and it was a 360 view of the beach and everything in Brighton. Oh, fuck. And Why would you choose to do it in that house? And we had all the lights off, candles lit. Like, Was James there? James uh, James was there for this one because I said to him, bro, you've got to do it. Like, you've got, we'll, we'll try and like talk James, to you fucked. Yeah. You're we, fucked. Yeah. <laughs> James was always like, why the fuck are you doing this, Ella? Why are you doing this? I'm pretty sure James was there. I'm pretty sure. I can't remember, but I feel like he was there because this was the last time I ever did it. It was my dad that came past on the Ouija board. Oh, my God. And then I I think I just started like, yeah, I was like, I've spoken to, he's like communicated to me through like clairvoyance before, but not in that situation. Because like I didn't have really any relationship with my dad when he was around, like I was like two weeks old. So I didn't know him. And so it's always a bit of a foreign feeling that I get whenever someone speaks about him with me and like, because I don't really know what to feel. Mm, Wow. Yeah. So anyway, when this happened, that's when I like lifted and I was like, I'm not doing this I I wouldn't even know how to communicate with him as well being in another dimension wherever he would have been at the time like it just Mm. it it was too foreign for me and I I didn't even know what to say or feel or do so that was the last time I ever did a Ouija board but in one of our other houses and this is the thing I think that this spirit had followed me for a very long time because we lived in this house in Canaan for about 10 years and then we moved houses. And this other house was older, a lot older. But So you think that the the ghost followed you from that from the first yeah. house? Yeah, from the first house. Definitely. Because the other house that we lived in, it was so big, but I just knew I, I used to sleep with my door locked. Not that that would help me. <laughs> but did, uh, did you ever realize or did you ever figure out who it was? No. At the new house. I, for nights upon nights, would just wake up randomly and I'd just look and I had an ensuite and I'd just look at the ensuite door and just know that something was there. But I didn't feel scared, but it would keep me awake. So I was literally sleep deprived. I was awake all hours of the night. Every night. And do you know why it would wake you up? Like did it? Because I could just feel the energy and it would, it would, it would, scare me but not in like you should be afraid of it it would just scare me because I didn't know it was was. energy and because it was energy there that you just didn't know I just didn't understand like why this is happening and and then I started you know looking into I went and saw a white witch and like I was looking into at home things that I can do to help it leave so basically I did like a ceremony I bought more crystals and I would speak to it. Whenever I would wake up, I'd be like, you know, I'm not afraid of you. It's okay. Like, I'm not afraid of you. I'm not afraid of you. And then I was like, how can I help this spirit, like, leave? And so I went to this, like, witch shop oh in Elwood. Great. Millie just started barking. We love that. <laughs> Fuck. Do not freak me out, Millie. I swear to God, because the, this bitch is fucking really attuned to energies and shit too. Great. Love that. Keep going, babe. Fuck me. And, uh, yeah, went to this shop and I was explaining it to the lady at the shop. I'm like, look, there's some fucked up shit going on at home. I need, I need a miracle. So she gave me, like, the full pack on what to do, the instructions. Wow. And it was just in my room as well. It wasn't, like, trapped in any – it was just in my room. And I would always say to mum, like, there's something in my room. There is something going on. I've got a photo here. I just wanted to get it up. I remember the the last night that when I was like, I can't do this anymore because I'm just yeah. not sleeping. So this is a Snapchat 
selfie of myself and it says like been awake since 12.58 and then the next one says it's 4.25 a.m. Can confirm been awake since 12.58. Still, I'm talking to the camera. I'm so tired. I feel sick. That was at 4.25 a.m. And then this one says I texted a spiritual here at 3.45 and bought some protection crystals online and there's a video of me just in bed. Fuck. And then the next one and then I bought a protection crystal. You can see my boobs there a bit, but bought a protection crystal. <laughs> so, but if you talk, if you spoke to it and said, "Please, you need to leave." Yeah. So then I did the ceremony, um, okay. which you basically like light candles. You have salt around the candles. You have the lights off. I had a sound bath as well. One of my brother's friends actually wow. came over, who's really spiritual, and he had his sound bath in his van. And I was like, "Dude, can I use? It? I'm about to fucking do a ceremony." And he's like, "He, he's, he's usual. Like he lives out in." by himself like he's amazing he's awesome and he came at the perfect time and I used his sound bath and read out like a bit of a I wrote my own like you know it's it's basically you fill the room with smoke you light the sage you light the candles you have salt you have everything you close all your windows and you use your sage stick and you put in every single corner all over your clothes every single room every everywhere you fill your room with smoke and while you're doing it you are talking to them and you're saying you know you know, I'm sorry that you're stuck and I'm sorry that you're lost and I want to help you and, you know, I think it's time for you to leave and you're going to be okay to leave. And just when I open the door, when I open the windows, I want you to follow the smoke. When I blow out the candle, I want you to follow the light and I want you to go with it and that's going to lead you, that's going to take you away. And you just kind of keep repeating that and you're just saying, like, it's okay, like, I'm not afraid of you, like, you know, thank you for coming and, like, you're kind of just being really nice and yeah, I mean, it depends on how you feel. If you're fucking scared of the ghosts, then yeah, you could say, you know, you've met, you've unsettled me and I want I want to help you leave. But I was never afraid of it. It just made me feel weird. Wow, bro. Did that for ages, had like really like, you know, meditation music playing as well and filled my room with so much smoke. And then I was finished, blew my candle out, opened the window. My room was full of smoke and all the smoke went out the window, closed my window, went to bed, never felt it ever again. Wow. Slept like an angel. And I felt so good because I was like, it's free. He could have been stuck, didn't know how to leave. Like he didn't know what to do. And you say he, did you feel he energy? Like, did, what, I fe- Yeah, I felt like it was a, I felt like it was a guy, but obviously couldn't confirm that, but it felt like a male energy. It didn't feel like a woman, never. Wow. But yeah, like there's definitely been so many situations, my God. Like, but that was probably the most intense, like, but even in this, my old salon that I used to work at, Skin Essentials, when I used to manage that and shut shop by myself at 9 p.m. at night, I used to look down the hallway and be like, yep, there's someone down there hanging out down there. 100%. Jeez. Every time I see a psychic or a clairvoyant, they always say that I am a ring of white light. So, wow. Which makes sense because Love people that. always try to suck the fucking like life out Ugh. of me. Like people try to take my light, and they always all the clairvoyants. Even when I had Reiki session, they're like, "You this have is so my much- ring of white light." <laughs> I'm holding a ring light behind oh my, my head, God, guys. That's, so that's your ring of but, light. But there's like an aura. We all have different kind of auras around us. Yeah, you can do that. You can do auras, like read your aura and shit. 
And she, every when I had my last Reiki session, she said, "You have just got white all over you. Wow, everywhere. People are you. It's people and they want to take your light away from you. And always like you got to. That's why I'm always saying, guys, you got to protect your energy because protect I've been your told light, protect your energy by so many people. Like they're like protect what you have. I even I even had an old client of mine who was a spiritual healer grab my arm whilst I was waxing her eyebrows. She grabbed my arm and she just told me that she's like, you have so much light, and I was like. What? And she's like, you, fuck. You now just- I'm like Googling fucking. I need to, <laughs> like, I'm actually legit. Like, this week, that is what I'm going to do. And by next week, I'm going to come back. Yeah. I need to fucking have my shit together. And I need to go and see a psychic. And you've also, like, you've got to plan around it, guys. If you want to go see a psychic or a healer, like, you need to plan your day around it so that you can be calm and relaxed and go home and, you oh. know, feel, yeah, because it can, it can really drain your energy. Because you're like communicating or like your energy and your spirit is being communicated with the white witch or whoever you're going to see. So you do feel drained after it, after a session, I will admit. And it could be confronting and emotional as well. Like it's even the breath work that I did the other day with this amazing mentor, I felt like crying because we were doing this really deep belly breath work and it's hard. It's not easy. Breath work is really hard. Fucking nice, it would be. Because you're only breathing through your mouth. Oh, no, I couldn't do it. And it's like this. It's like like really deep belly breath. Like when you expand your belly and then it makes you realise how shallow we breathe every day and that's not really breathing. And we need to do deep breaths. (sighs) (laughs) Actually, you know what I want to show you guys? Um while we're on this topic, I might just give them a little tease because, guys, obviously, as you know, I'm working on my app. Yeah, And that is all real. <laughs> yeah. I tried to do Ella, but I can't. I'm shit compared to her. Just breathe and you will be okay. It's just been so, like, when I was recording them, I just was so in the zone as well. Like, it really, and I've never really listened to myself in this way and it's been really enjoyable. Welcome to this glorious day. That is overflowing with limitless possibilities. Yes, I'm going to listen to this every night now. Remind yourself that many positive things are waiting for you today. Your face, I loved that. Just then you're you're like. (laughs) I was so, I was in like in a trance, bro. You fucking put me in a trance, bitch. (laughs) Honestly, like I sent them to my some of my friends and James, and James was like, "Whoa!" I even listened to it the other night when I was having my Bro, anxiety. Could, legit, can I fucking was almost just falling asleep. Yeah, it's like, honestly it was that relaxing. Like, it's just like really nice and quiet. It's simple as well. Like there's going to be five minute meditation. It's going to be ten minute. There's affirmations. Yes, that's what you want. You don't want them to go for fucking twenty five minutes. Like there's going to be short and sweet ones. Yeah, um, we love it. But yeah, that's all. That's all in the motions. But yeah, that's all really exciting. We cannot bloody wait, mate. That's just a few paranormal stories. Um, I'm gonna shake it off. Yeah, Ooh. Ella's gonna shake it off, and I want you guys. We're gonna leave a thread when this episode drops. We want to hear all of your freaky stories, and we're not talking sex this week. We're talking freaky shit. Yeah, weird encounters with the unknown that you've had, whether that be, I mean, it could be a UFO because, I mean, they're yes. out there too. Dude, they're fucking out there. I want to know all of your stories. 
UFOs we, are out there. Yeah, we're literally, we're, we're hanging for this. We want to hear your stories, guys, okay? Before we go as well, I want to show you something. I want to show you, I want to show okay. all of you guys something. Okay, show me. Is it scary? So, no, it's not scary, but I just okay. wanted, to, I just remembered. So, I went to Prada in Bali. The real Prada? There's a Prada here in Bali, guys. Like, let me show oh, you. Oh, what did you buy yourself? Yes. Did she buy herself something? I'm fucking proud of her if she did. Yes. Wait, Hang on, is this real Prada or is this fake Prada? So I bought my first Prada for $25. Oh, my God. I knew it. <laughs> oh, my God. It's a. It's like nylon. It's Bro, actually a, so dope. That's actually like a really good. I don't care if it's not real fucking oath. Sometimes I just, just don't. I just can't justify spending so much money on designer. And this is Prada as well. Bro, that's actually too good of a, of a copy. Like I'm actually freaking out. Like, I'm so into it. Like, I, I've always said to Dom, babe, I just can't comprehend spending this I money know. on designer. She, I'm like, babe, no. Like, it's it's just unnecessary. I know. I'm like, well, I'm like, where's my Louis Vuitton bucket hat that I spent way too much money on? Dude, and you spent this was $25 and it's nylon and it's fucking sick. I'm going to buy another one in black. It's really nice. It's so nice. Like, yeah, bitch, it's fake. Do I care? No. I love that for you. I love it. And no wonder Aussies go to Bali because traveling here. Like I genuinely feel robbed. I yes, every day since being away with Renee, we've had a massage every single day. 60 minutes, full body massage with love and care. Probably not even trained, might I add. And it's probably 10 bucks. It's $12. They don't even go to a massage school here. They just touch you in the way that they know feels good. Like I just want to be touched. And that's what I said. I was saying that to Renee. I was like, babe, I don't care where we go. I just need somebody to touch my body. Like I just need to feel human touch. Yeah, like I need a I hug. Yeah. No, totally. Well, you know there's people that just give hug therapy and they get paid like fucking 50 bucks an hour. I know. And I, mean, I will admit though, there's been, there's been some random fans on the street here that have just like. Ah. Touch is nice, though, but sometimes it's a bit weird when it's coming from behind and you're on a random street in Bali. And it's like, whoa, 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 hey, yeah. Oh, hey, just listen to the podcast, fuck. I I was having dinner last night at this restaurant and this girl was sitting, like, opposite me diagonally. And she goes, are you from Married at First Sight? And I was like, oh, yeah. And she's like, you're like a darker version of her. And I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) But I am me. I am. I was like, I am her, but I am very tan. And she's no, like, No, do you know what the weirdest one is? When people are like, how do I know you? How do I know yeah. you? Where yeah, do I know I ha- you from? And I'm just like, oh, fuck. Like I don't want to say uh, maybe from TV. Oh, yeah, I know. It's I so that. weird, but it's cool. Do you want to oh say something, Millie? I think Millie, Millie wants to say something. <laughs> Can you see him? <laughs> oh. Happy, say hi Millie. to Millie. Yeah, say hi to Millie. Millie. No. Aww. Aww. This is my love. I'm so excited to get my kitten. I'm counting down. I know. Down. I'm like literally so excited to spoil your kitten. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm counting already. down to get my kitten. I I'm literally <laughs> say say goodbye to everyone on the podcast. <laughs> all right guys thank you so much for listening to this episode of sit with us make sure you follow us on insta 
and on Facebook because we cannot wait to hear all of your freakest stories. Let's get freaking. Love you guys so much. Bye. Bye. Bye.